you may recall that starting on Monday during this ordinary time, that's, that means starting with the week, 22nd week in ordinary time, we begin to read the Gospel of St. Luke. Prior to that, from week 10 all the way to 21st, we were focusing on the Gospel of St. Matthew. And if you were going back, if you could remember, at the beginning of year, we begin to, to read from Mark. So as Mark was first from uh, in the ordinary time, week first of the ordinary time, all the way to week ninth, we were looking at uh, looking and reading Mark. So as you can see, the church kind of divided up for us. But when we begin this, this reading this past Monday, and what did we hear? What did we hear from the, from the gospel of St. Luke? Just remember, so the Lord, first of all, St. Luke's gospel, the first two chapters, they speak of the Annunciation and birth of Christ and everything all the way to the uh, finding of Jesus in the temple. And from chapter th three, what we see is we focus on several things. One is the, um, is, as you remember, the, the baptism of the Lord his genealogy, and then the temptations of Jesus. And so the gospel, as we begin on chapter four, and we started reading it, what did it say? Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had grown up and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So we have what is called the beginning of public ministry of Jesus. And so what did he do? He was, it was customary for him to go to synagogues on the, on the Sabbath day, he would be there. So no one was surprised that he would be coming because that's what he used to do. And this time he began, as he began his public ministry, yeah, and, and the, he received the, the gift of reading. He was supposed to choose from prophet Isaiah, a portion from the scroll, and what Jesus did at that moment, and he read, he chose, unrolled the scroll and found the passage which it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind and let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. And then as he finished reading, he says, today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The beginning of the public ministry of Jesus, and we know that the Father sent his Son to us. Remember, when we sinned, when we rejected God, his ways, distrusted him, he did not abandon us, but he promised a Redeemer. And so the Son of God came, he became incarnate, and he began, he was born, uh, and, uh, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, but he was in Nazareth working alongside Joseph for 30 years. And then as he began the public ministry, he manifested to us that which Isaiah the prophet foretold, that the messianic figure, the Messiah, will be the one who will be under the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me. He received the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but he was son of God. And so we have the unfolding of that which took place. So, so now, what does the Lord do? 
On Monday, we see he goes to synagogue. Yes, he proclaims this, 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 the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit upon him because he is a son of God. But on Tuesday, we read already the, the first encounter. Jesus encounters evil. He heals the one who's possessed by the evil one. So this first act of Jesus was to confront evil in the world, possessions. People were infil infiltrated by evil. And so the Lord, because his mission is to save us, he confronts evil. Then the second aspect we see uh, yesterday's gospel, he heals the, um, the uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law. But then at sunset, we see what he does at sunset, because it's at the end of the day, people work during the day. So on the evening, they would bring all their loved ones who were sick, all the ones who were afflicted in any way, for those who were also afflicted with the evil possession. And so there he is. This is how he spends evenings, healing, strengthening, expelling demons. This is the role of Jesus, the role that he manifested to us because he is a son of God, the incarnate word. He wants to confront evil. He wants to confront brokenness. He wants to forgive. And then what we have today is that the second aspect is not only that which he came forth to, to take care, but now he's inviting others to share in his ministry. So today's gospel, what do we have? It starts very interesting. Okay, there's, you know, there, a lot of people are now just, just, just not only during the evening, but now they're following him from early morning on. They wanted to be with him, they want to hear his voice, they want to receive blessings. And so here we have, by the lake of Genezareth, or Galilee is the same name, what, what there, there were two boats there alongside the lake. So first of all, Jesus is preaching and people are pressing on him. And so the Lord chooses and he goes to his boat and so that he can teach and preach from the boat so you won't be pressed on. Now, but guess what that boat is doing? And so on that boat is Simon and his brother. And, and, and what are they doing? They're, they're um, washing their nets, which means they fished all night, came back all night. And, and now it seems like the Lord, perhaps because he healed his, his mother-in-law, Maybe the Lord said, "Okay, I do not know what the, what 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 the uh, how the Lord approached this, but we know that He wanted to call Peter, and so He chose His boat. But it's an unusual situation. The Lord, after teaching and preaching from the boat, He tells Peter, "Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch." And here it is. What does Peter do? He says, look, we just fished all night. There's no fish out there. There's no fish. It's not possible. And, you know, they probably were worn out, tired, and sleep all night. You know, and then Jesus uses his boat now to teach. He couldn't help but be there. Uh, and so he has to listen to the Lord preaching and teaching. And then the Lord asks him this question. And he just, like a common sense person, master. And by the way, the word master is like a boss. You know, he called him a little bit unusual name, master in a sense. He says, a hey, uh, boss, you know, he says, he says, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. 
okay, my common sense is I think that you're asking for something unusual. You shouldn't be asking this because this is my profession. I'm a professional fisherman. I know what's going on. But somehow, perhaps, what is because he saw his mother-in-law being healed, perhaps he heard the teaching, whatever Jesus was saying. We do not have the record of what he said, but whatever he's saying. And then, but he says, but at your command, okay, boss, but if you tell me I'm supposed to do this, I'll do it, okay? And, and so, but it's your command. So he allowed himself to be influenced by the Lord, allowed himself. He says, well, what can we do? Come back with an empty nets anyhow. So, but whatever, whatever is in, my, in the mind of St. Peter. But the thing here that's so important is this, that he says yes, that he says yes. So um, now when they had done this, they went out and they had done this and Jesus is on the boat with them. They caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. And then they signaled to their partners, which were the Zebedee's son, uh, James and John. And they signaled there to their partners on the other boat to come and help them. And they came and, were, and filled both boats so that boats were in danger of sinking. Now, Peter is something taking place in him. He says, Lord, uh, this is something that's not I, I'm not fit for this. I'm not fit for this. And so, so basically he says, depart from me, Lord, for I'm not a sinful man. He realizes the power of God is at work and he looks at himself and he says, that's all, I, I'm not fit for this job. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those who were with him and likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee. But the, look, the Lord is not dissuaded by him. He says, do not be afraid. He says to Peter, um, from now on, you'll be catching men. When they brought the boats to the shore, emptied the, the boats from the fish, and they left everything and followed him. Okay, the call of Peter. The call is also given to us. The Lord came with a mission of salvation became mission of salvation. He wants all of us to participate, not only Peter and James and John, not only the other 12, not only the crowds, not only Paul, not only so many men and women throughout the centuries, but he's extending that call to us. And yes, look at the, the call that he makes. He chooses the ones he wishes to follow him. He chooses not, he gives people, many people the faith, the gift of faith, but then out of the sum of those who were hearing him, he asked them to follow in a special way, in a special way. You know, the, it, it, we can see that the Lord, when we look at everybody who, whom he called, um, they were not a extraordinary people. Many of them were fishermen, uh, you know, St. Matthew, the tax collector, Judas who liked to do business, um, you know, they were not, not especially, he didn't choose the philosophers, he didn't choose some great politicians, he didn't choose perhaps maybe the only one who was more politically inclined was, was Simon the Zealot. He belonged to the Zealot, Zealot party, but he chose people who were ordinary, ordinary men and women, ultimately, as we know, and especially some who were chosen because of their difficulties and problems they had, like Mary Magdalene, and, and some other women who followed, followed Jesus, who took care of him. Uh, 
what is the Lord is saying to us today? What does he want? He wants us to follow him. But we can say and we can excuse ourselves, but we are only limited. We're, we don't have the abilities. Look what St. Faustina said, Lord, why did you choose me? I have no education. I don't even know how to write. Besides, I have really very bad instrument. I can't even write well, because at that time, you know, the pen was not a ballpoint pen, but it was scratchy and it was not exactly in good shape. And says, why did you choose me? You could have chosen some theologian and you would know what to write, because that's, that those are the ones who be writing great theology. But it was the Lord chose her, uneducated, because she was willing to say yes to him. She said yes, she wanted to do everything for him. And this is what the criteria is. And, as, and the Lord says, yes, people will know that you're not able to write, but, but she wrote this extraordinary, incredible theological reflections, which, you know, which even astound theologians themselves. Why? Because the Lord will provide. The Lord has provided everything for her. He gave her insights. And he didn't say that it was some extraordinary things as it, you know, it would take years for theologians to study and come to know this truth, but I can give it to you in one moment. I can give it to you in this moment for all of us. But by saying yes to him, this is our vocation, not to be afraid, not to be discouraged because we can start following and then all kinds of problems show up because the evil one will not let us just kind of go and free be applauding us. Yes, great, great, great that you're doing this. No, he'll attack us. He will try to remove us, destroy us. This is how he attacked Jesus. This is how he attacked his disciples. Almost all of them uh, offered their life life for Christ and, 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 and were, were became martyrs except John. But, but this is what we have. But, but the goal is not because of suffering. The goal is redemption. He wants us to be instruments so that we may bring healing through Christ. Wherever we go, we bring Christ. And with Christ, we bring healing. We bring forgiveness. We bring the power to overcome evil. So everything that we do, you know, our renovator, Blessed George, would say, bring Christ to everything, wherever you go, to your work, to your place, whatever you do, keep on bringing Christ. Doesn't matter whether he's accepted or not, whether he's rejected or not, you bring him. You be the manifestation, you be the mouth, the heart, the hands, the words, whatever it is, just allow continuously not to get discouraged because we can get easily discouraged by, by problems, difficulties. And that, that's for all of us. You go, how many people complain? I try to do my best work and I have coworkers who are attacking me. I have, I have situations where I feel unjustly punished for things. Not to get discouraged because we are under the power of our Lord and he will help us out. Ultimately, he's victorious. He will come all, all the powers of, of evil which are attacking him because he's calling us to be his, his beloved sons and daughters. He's calling us to be his ministers, to be his, his heart. He's calling us to be his hands and his mouth, and he wants us to manifest that, that gift. And this is why St. Paul today, when he speaks of, to the people in Col Colossus and Colossians, what is he telling him? Yes, I know you have accepted faith and I know you want to be faithful, but he says, and this is our, the final aspect of our reflection is that he says, but I am praying for you. 
And so what is he praying for you, for, for them, the Colossians, that they may be filled with the knowledge of God's will. That's first. They may be filled with the knowledge of God's will, which means God, God's will is our salvation and God wants us to share, share his powers with us. And then that they may also be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So knowledge of God's will, all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Because when we have possessed these gifts, then we are, then we become wise and we become powerful. This is what he's asking. And now if we have possessed his knowledge of God's will and, and spiritual wisdom, then, then, and we walk in a manner according to the Lord, then we, we will be fully pleasing to God. And that every good work will be brought forth because we will bear good fruit because we will allow this power of God to work through us. And now the Lord says, I mean, St. Peter, St. Paul says, continues, he says, then if, if you receive these extraordinary powers of God in the wisdom, knowledge and understanding, and then you'll be strengthened with every power. And then uh, so that you have the gift of endurance and patience. Endurance, why endurance when there's difficulties and patience, suffering, that you have this. So Paul understands that the reason we are being empowered with God, because so that we don't get discouraged too quickly. With joy, giving thanks to the Father who made you fit to share in the inheritance of the Holy Ones in light. Because when you are filled with endurance and patience, then God will also give you the joy, the Father's joy. Father's joy, you know, uh, and that and that you'll be fit, you'll fit, you will fit, you, you'll be fitted to share the inheritance of the holy ones in light. We receive all the inheritance, and what is the inheritance? Eternal life. Inheritance, inheritance is God's glory, life of God, sharing in the divinity. You know, yes, by adoption. Now, and the finally says. And he's praying for them so that they will be delivered from the power of darkness, from all the attacks of evil, and transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Beautiful prayer. St. Paul wants to have these Colossians to have everything. And I know that he's praying here for us today too. He's still interceding, just like he was interceding for Colossians. He, maybe you can say he's interceding for us because we're asking him for all those of you who are here at the shrine or those who are following us, that you may experience his intercession. Because, you know, he's still alive and he's, he has the power to intercede. And so we can ask, okay, make us like yourself. Make us true followers of Jesus in every way, not counting the cost because the Lord has called us from out of darkness into his marvelous light. He wants us to possess everything that the Son of God came forth to bring us. And he wants us not only to empower us with wisdom and knowledge, but with the body and blood of his own, of, of, of the Son of God, the Son of God. He wants us to be sharers in his life and sharers in his glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. 
simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.